0: Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today I have a very special guest on with me, Tommy Mello of A1 Garage Door. How you doing, man?
1: Excellent. Very, very good.
0: (laughs) I literally, we're talking about how to find the best employees in home services businesses. And honestly, if there is one podcast, I think you should check out if, if you want one podcast in the home services space, it would be Tommy's. What is that called, bro?
1: Home service expert, and then the book accompanying it is uh, "Home Service Millionaire." Um, I say this book because I'm proud of it. It took two years, and I got ten co-authors that are smarter, better, faster, better looking than me, uh, and they're all in the book. So, uh, just wanted <laughs> wow. to throw that out there.
0: Please, please, and um, I am very excited to talk about this because it's a serious need for people. Like people come to us for marketing, right? And it's funny because lead generation is not, the, is not as much the hot topic at this particular second. I'd say finding people is the number one thing. So we do pretty websites and all that, but you've got like this group of people that want a website just to attract employees almost. They want a better website so they look more legit so they have better employees. But can you give some folks just real quick, some background on why they should listen to you in regards to hiring?
1: Well, I got in the garage door business about 15 years ago. I um, I always was an employee because the biggest thing I hate hearing is from an owner who's an owner for life or an employee who's an employee for life and how you should do stuff. So I've been both. I've bust tables. I've washed dishes. I've worked at a bar. I've worked in a hospitality. I've sold women's shoes. I've done a lot of crazy stuff on stuff, um, but I care. That's the big thing is I care about our employees and and, and, and I didn't know what a culture meant till about the last five years. Um, but the biggest thing is we're, we're going, we're right at about 400 employees. We're on pace to damn near hit hundred million this year. And that goal is a tiny goal. I say that I have a BHAG big hairy audacious goal. Then I have a Tommy goal. My Tommy goals are always way bigger than my big hairy audacious goal. <laughs> and um, I've hired and fired hundreds of thousands of people. Literally. I've worked with a lot of companies. I've done, been on interview boards. I've got. 40 books behind me on recruiting and the right interview questions, and how to interview, and what to ask, and what to say, and how to do background checks, and, and, and how fast you should be able to recruit somebody. And um, I've decided to become an expert on this one topic that we're going to discuss today. I and I would say I'm always learning. I like, I like to be the dumbest guy in the room, but you know. <laughs> i can I feel like I could give a lot of gold out here. I feel like there needs to be this hopefully is one of your best podcasts cause I'm loud, I'm passionate, I'm excited, and I'm gonna throw some gold. So let's do this.
0: I love it. I'm super excited about that. And you know it's do you think it's an unusual time for finding people?
1: Oh, yeah, with the Biden administration keeping people paying people to stay home with look, if if you if you want to supplement people to stay home, then of course it's tough. Plus the home service business has never been busier because people have been at home and they've got the supplemental income because they haven't been spending money. Um, I think that we're seeing a point of inflation. And I think people are realizing that their home, they made 23% on average last year. They're looking at more as an investment than a cost to upgrade things. So when you're making that much money in your home, and I can tell you this, this isn't gonna last forever. There will be a time that it shifts back to, I need more leads. But um, right now, the home service industry in the last 15 years, and I do believe in the last probably four or five decades, we've never seen anything like the surge of jobs. And uh, there's been a lot of supply chain issues as well, but it's mostly been human capital.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I love that part about home services that, you know, we might not have manufacturing as well down in the United States as I think probably would be ideal but uh, at least we got home services and it's anchored. It's an anchored thing. And I do think that more and more, and I hope to be part of this, more and more people feel compelled to, to, con- to go into construction and home services out of the gate instead of going and getting $100,000 in student loan debt before they do it. So I, I agree like with that. I really hope to be part of that shift in people's mindset. And I think that there's a lot of good things kind of undergirding what I hope ends up being that shift. Um, so let's get into it, man. What is the best way to find employees and office staff from your point of view?
1: All right, number one is, is there's no wrong answer. Is that I've seen people go, you know, Yellow Book doesn't exist anymore. for, for This is for lead gen. And I know people that kill it with that. People say, I never go to home shows. People say, I never use ValPak. I don't believe in Google pay-per-click. It's too expensive. Craigslist doesn't work anymore. And the fact is that all of these sources work really, really well. You got the book Traction over there. And you got to pick one and go with it and start it. The first thing I recommend is there's some really, really low-hanging fruit. Number one, depending on the size of your company, building, there's no other people that know great people than your own employees and who's going to fit your culture. Are you incentivizing them correctly? I give $1,500 to every single person that recruits somebody, but they got to sign off. $1,500 yeah. is not enough. I, I bumped it from 500 to thousand 1, 1,015 and I still want to go higher
0: yeah.
1: because do you realize a really good CSR will make me an extra million dollars, 940,000. And I could run through the math, but I can basically tell you, if you have 300 days of the year, that they take phone calls, they take 20 leads opportunities a day and that $500 ticket average which is low. Um, and you got a 60% versus 90%, it's $940,000 difference. That's an extra million for that CSR. I've got technicians that'll do 1.2 million versus the guy that'll do 400,000, that's $800,000 difference. And when you realize during the pandemic, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, it was like the Lord Jesus just shining down on me saying, Tommy, switch your marketing mentality completely, take it all off. I can make the phone ring off the hook. And then all of a sudden it just said, no, no, no. All your marketing, everything. When you said you do leads, you prefer leads. I don't look at leads anymore like customers or clients. I look at them as employees. Mm -hmm. I just got off a call. I said, we've got 500 applicants today. We don't know what to do. We've got so many. And I'm going to share with you guys all the secrets. Number one is, We get the employees, and when we hire them, we say, look, we've got a guy that made $7,500 this quarter, extra, just on recruiting. I got him standing there with a big check, you know, the big ones that you write on a whiteboard, and it looks like a check, and it's signed. And so you build that referral network from within. And Mm -hmm. every time you have pizza, you have beer, you're at a bowling alley. Every time you do something great for your employees, you play, um, you know, horseshoes, whatever it might be. You have your employees go live, and you get a call tracking number for them, and you make sure they're posting it on there. So a tracking number, and then we've got another way where we built landing pages for them, and we make sure that it's tracked. And you say, "Look, let's go live, everybody. Get your phone, and we teach them how to be mini marketers to find employees, and I want them to get the credit for it." So
0: good. That's good.
1: That's okay, one so simple you know,
0: way. You know what? I'm to rein you in a little bit to say, if you were sooner, you know, because we got a lot of guys that are one man shops. Yeah. 10 to
1: 10. Oh, so, so here's what you do.
0: Or no, no, like I'd say even like 10 to 30 people. That's probably okay. the most common audience.
1: All right. So here's an idea. Yeah. Um, I look at people's indeed in their glass door and they're freaking garbage. And I'm not gonna try to say the F-word, but that's what yeah. I wanted to say. I wanted to scream it. I think um,
0: you're on this one.
1: <laughs> so so here's the deal. You get your good employees and you say, listen, you text them, the owner or the GM texts them, and they say, Listen. Here's a link to my indeed. Here's a link to our glass door. Yeah. What I'd like you to do is check us out. Tell me how we're doing. And because you're taking the time to go do it, here's what we're going to do. Tim, I'm going to give you 20 bucks. And all I need you to do is screenshot the review because I need to know you left it and I'll send it in your payroll. Mm-hmm. No one's going to send you a one star. <laughs> so yeah. first of all, make your reputation look good to the employees yeah. out there. Don't worry about Yelp. All that stuff's important to your clients, but worry about what your employees are viewing. Number one. Number two is Indeed is by far the best place when people are looking for a job. The problem is they're in the the unemployment line. They're looking for a job. So I like Craigslist. I like Indeed. I like posting every single day. I like getting great things. Write the ad this way. Here in my company, here's what I love the most. I love working with people that like to communicate. They like to to become move up in the company we're a growing company we doubled since last year we're on pace to do this you've probably seen us around blah 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 blah. we've got games we've got this we've got this we talk about the experience how they're going to get trained we've got kpis we challenge each other we've got performance pay for everybody and the pay Mm -hmm. i want to talk about but the most important thing from this whole thing is it's all about how awesome the job is yeah And then at the end it says, by the way, we're a garage door company. It doesn't say must be able to, must be willing to, has to work weekends, must work late at night. I'm like, who the hell wants to apply for that bullshit? Okay, nobody wants to work for the company that says must, 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 background, blah, 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 blah. blah, blah." The way you put an ad out there is just to get them coming in. Then you educate them through videos, automation. So we use social media. You have no idea how awesome social media is. Number one, one day I'm sitting in the office just like this at a couple of buildings ago, and Adam's giving everybody their 50 cent raise because of they've been here for a year, two bucks for this guy. This guy gets a bump in this. And I go, Yeah, this kind of sucks. We're just giving people tenure. Then all of a sudden, my guy calls me and he goes, Dude, I think I made two grand this week. I love working for you. And he's on performance pay. Performance pay is not what does he sell? His conversion rate? Did he leave yard signs? How is his reviews coming in? Different factors that it's not just straight commission. There's things that matter for the client too. Cause I don't like saying we're a commission shot because I think it has to be in the best favor of the pay for the, the customer as well. So I got excited and I started doing jumping jacks. I was like, yes, this guy made a lot of money because I knew if he did well, I did well. We yeah. both have a stake in the outcome. We're both rolling in the same direction. And so the moral of the story here is, I switched everybody to pay for performance and I got CSRs that can make $30 an hour. Do you think it's hard for me to get a person, if I could advertise a testimonial of a gal saying I made $30 an hour, I'm putting my girl into ballet. I spend more time with my family I've ever spent. I get to go hiking with my husband. We're going on a third honeymoon. Now, do you think when we get that, and we share those good things that it's hard to find somebody great when our employees are willing to do that because they're the best, the best,
0: probably not i gotta ask you a follow-up question to that is performance pay like and i've i could try that when i was super early like because i love that because lo- i'm one of those people that loves incentives super and i'm thinking about my own business which is marketing and obviously it's different but there's still there has to be management of all of those data points so how do you do that and like i guess also how would you do that if you're earlier on um to manage all of those little data points, to make sure that those incentives actually get paid out and that kind of thing.
1: Well, number one, what you gotta do is get a whiteboard. I'm a big whiteboarder. And okay. what you gotta do is say, what are the things that they're hundred percent? What can Tim affect hundred percent and him only? Yeah, Because I don't want anybody to ever have an excuse that I didn't have any control over my own pay. So yep. I wanna write down the things that you can influence directly. Mm-hmm. And then I wanna write out the outcome I'm going for. Yep. Then I wanna really measure what's the best. And I like people to compete against each other. I like there to be winners and losers, because when you have winners and losers, losers die off. And I could supplement the losers if it's such a high number of the winners that there's outliers. And I don't want to go into statistics. But what I can tell you is when you whiteboard it out, you pick three or four KPIs, key performance indicators that you want to rule by. And then you spend more time. See, the pay and what it's going to do is easy to figure out how you're going to but checks and balances and make sure that it's being done correctly. And that's a, that's a a role of an accountant or somebody in your finance department. But the deal is, is you don't have to start very complicated. Take one thing. Take like, for example, our CSRs, if you're over 90% and every book call, you make eight bucks. Now we have some things we add for attendance and data integrity, but overall, if you book four calls an hour and you're getting eight bucks because you're over 90%, so that you care about booking and you want to answer that call fast. What do I care about? Booking and answering it fast. Of course, data integrity matters. Did you get street instead of avenue? But you look at this and you're like, oh my God, every one of my CSRs are working from home the day that COVID happened. Mm -hmm. And they all rushed to book the phone call. Then you do a weighted round robin and it's amazing how much money the best can make. They care more than I do about booking the call. I mean, at the end of the day, they're exactly... They're in the same mentality that I am for the business.
0: Say real quick, weighted um, round
1: robin. So round robin means that me, you, uh, two other people are sitting in a room. It'll go from me to you, to them, to them, back to me. When you do a weighted round robin, let's say me and Tim are sitting opposite. So I go, Tim's number two at booking calls. I'm number one. If I'm on a phone call, it'll go to Tim and then it'll go to the next best person, the next best person. Gotcha. But if I'm off the phone then it's going to come to me almost every time because yeah. I'm such a good booker, but you don't want to get us to see the, the hey, best the system
0: for that, by the way, real quick, just to make sure that other people can get up on this too. What, what are, what's the actual tech behind that particular? So there's a,
1: it's called VoIP voice inter, over internet protocol yeah. and any VoIP company out there to Has make this okay. happen. So we VoIP- have that
0: for our contact forms are like Calendly thing, but we don't have it for phone calls, which sounds dope. So
1: well, I'll tell you what, if you're not, if, okay, here's the deal. If you're not using the technology that I'm talking about, yep. you might as well quit, go out of business. These old guys, <laughs> they you know—they they say they don't want to get involved yeah. with this. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Tell me what market you're in. Please email me, text me, whatever you can, because I'm coming to your market. I'm going to come to your market and put you out of business. Okay. I love these guys. I love these guys that say, I'm just not ready for that. Oh, I can make a lot of money in a truck. Let me tell you this real quick. And I'm going off on a tangent here. And I don't know if you're... Okay, those guys in a truck, I used to be in a truck. So I started 14, 15 years ago in a truck. So I'm, I love you guys. But here's what I do know. You don't freaking charge enough money. And the fact is you're not that great at sales. You're not good at marketing. And the problem I have with you, number one, is your wife and your kids are going to feel the consequences of you working in the truck every day and not working on the business. Your customers are going to feel the consequences of you sucking when you go out of town you don't know how to charge the right prices. Therefore, you can't have nice things like service Titan, which is my CRM, customer relationship management system. You can't have four monitors like in my office. You can't have your own personal assistant. You can't have a training center with a bunch of trainers and an LMS learning management system. So if you're not charging the right prices, and if you don't learn how to get out of the truck soon, you're done. And you might say, I love going out of the truck. And I say this, if you're out in the truck and that's what your absolute pleasure is, you better have other guys in the truck when you're not able to go because your body's going to say no one day. So if you think you doing all the work is the right way, do me a favor and text me because I'm coming into your market and I'm going to charge triple the amount of prices. Here's two books that I recommend if you don't know what you're doing is The Power of Positive Pricing. It's by Matt Michelle and then Ellen Rohr This is a real simple book is How Much Should I Charge? And she writes a little part of my book, The Home Service Millionaire. But the biggest thing I see is you're not charging enough money. You see, I took some math earlier when I was on my other call. And uh, if I got a million dollar producer that's running four calls a day, 300 days out of the year, that's 1,200 calls, 1,200 divided by, and I wanna spend 10% in marketing. Okay, do the math with me. 10% of a million is 100,000. 1,200 calls divided by that is $83 a lead. So I could pay $83. Now, the fact is, you might say, well, how do I keep all these guys busy if I hire like Tommy wants me to? I got to be able to pay Google. I got to be able to pay Yelp. I got to be able to pay for the mailers. I got to be, and I come up with 90 million ways to get customers, but it costs money. And if you're not charging and you don't get the producers, but here's where you we revert back charge enough money and get the producers that have high conversion rate, high average ticket, and high customer satisfactory rating. Listen, it's a good day for me. I'm high in energy today, and I'm putting a lot out there. And if you got any questions while I'm going through this, but I'm going to keep throwing gold nuggets because I'll Please. tell you this. If you're getting 500 applicants, the average person on TikTok spends 58 minutes a day. You think your avatars sitting on Craigslist or going on Indeed? They are on TikTok, Instagram. They are on Facebook, and they are on Twitter, and they are on YouTube. And their average avatar, if you don't figure out your avatar, he might be 23 years old. And this is his goals. This is what he wants to do. But define your avatar, figure out where they live and plague them like a virus with your (laughs) app. And they will. And then you got to get back to them. And you know what? I'm not, look, I'm working with a guy right now and I don't want to go into details, but if you want to revisit this in two months, I'm testing it out. It's the best thing I've ever done in my life. And he created a system that the CRM actually text messages the guy where they saw the ad. It tells them all about the company. It sends them videos. It protect, I got a dog named Finnegan. And it says, every time you fit, fill this out Finnegan gets another treat and it's fun. And we are getting so many amazing 10 out of 10 employees. And I just, what, I, what I'd recommend is maybe me and him come on because he could explain the system. He designed the system. I'm just more of a recipient yeah. of it. So just, down the road, uh, I've never seen anything better. And right now I'm getting coached. I actually got two trainers for TikTok because I'm obsessive. Yeah. And as I learned this stuff, people go TikTok, Tommy Mello, he's, yeah. he must be drunk today. <laughs> but yeah. the, the fact is, listen, TikTok is blowing up. People are spending more time on TikTok than YouTube.
0: Yeah. How old and- are the dudes that are training you, by the way? Like you have you have people training you on TikTok. What are, how old are they, by the way?
1: Oh, these got One of the guys is 27, and the other guy's like 30 something. But the fact is,
0: yeah, I just guys, I just started doing a, a TikTok
1: trainer too. So I was just curious, dude. It's nuts.
0: <laughs> My dude's like 19. So a lot, like, lot
1: of these kids. Listen, yeah. I got another dude that's 20. And, and the fact is, I'm obsessed with the tools they're showing me, and they're teaching me how to follow similar like posts and other home service industries. Sure. What, what viral virality is all about going yep. viral. And the fact is, I'm telling you it's such a different playing field with yeah. what I'm learning about social media. So I, I, first thing is first, you need to build your social up. So how do you build your social up? Um, a great thing is, can you imagine just, if you, you take time to just write down these things and a guy comes home from work and he pulls up in your, your wrap truck and he goes, Hey, and a cute girl walks out. She's 22. Mm-hmm. She's just been sunbathing. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. But she walks out there and she goes, Hey, she goes, how'd work go today? Dude. I set another record, being this guy having a competition. Well, did you bring the paycheck? And No, I didn't bring a paycheck, but I got a pay stub on my phone, and it zooms in, and he made $1,500 this week. By the way, what I love about this job is A1 trained me. They started out as an apprentice. Within two months, I flew to Phoenix, and I became a guy that can make six figures my first year. And then you got the significant other. This is the most important piece. You know, this is my boyfriend's fourth job, my husband's fourth job. It's so cool that you got a company that does insurance. They do PTO, but the difference is forget about all that stuff. They make pancakes for him in the morning. The owner's out there flipping pancakes. It doesn't need to be expensive stuff. If, you, if you're if you a small company, you can't afford that stuff. That's fine, but they just give a shit. They're making pancakes. Okay. They listen, they do these things. And what I love the most is they care for me too. I'm on board. When we go to dinner, I'm invited. And I got to tell you, This is the best job he's ever had. And when you get the significant others buy in this is what I'm learning. Mm -hmm. I'm on a lot of podcasts and this is something I've taken from other podcasts is we're going to be sending flowers, roses when the guys fly to Phoenix to their significant other and saying, we appreciate that you're part of this too. We're going to send a gift for the kids and say, sorry, dad is not home for the next month, but he's going to come back a better, stronger, more efficient, fun man. He's going to be more involved in your soccer coaching. He's going to be more involved in this. And these are the things that I want. These are the things that I want. So getting the buy-in of everybody, Dave Ramsey says you, you take the significant other always out to eat because you look at how they treat each other. Mm-hmm. If they're not treating each other with respect and he's not opening the door and doing nice things then he's, he's got a tough home life or she's got a tough home life. Mm-hmm. If it's, if it's another, and that's going to make it really, really hard for them to be great at work if the home life's not great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, I can tell you this. I don't even think you got through all your questions, but I'm going off here. And no,
0: actually, I, I have all my questions through. So anything else is just frosting. It's just, it's well, perfect.
1: Well, well you, you know, work on your ads, work on our performance pay, and then be everywhere that they're going to be. Um, and it's part of the environment. It's part of the culture that you've got to continue to beat the same drum. Yeah. And when you really analyze numbers like I do, and you understand the math, You'll understand how important it is to top grade. You know, there's a really smart guy named Jack Welch. He used to run General Electric. He's one of the best CEOs of all time. And he would take the largest group of employees and say, you're in a battle for your job. The bottom 10% leave every year because he wanted turnover. He wanted the, but no one left saying, I hate Jack Welch. They said, look, I knew where I was. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. I knew where I was at the end of December. I knew I couldn't get there. So, hey, I'm packing my bags. It's time for me to go because they didn't have the competitive spirit. Another thing that I always look for is I want to know how competitive you are. Um, you look up a thing called um, Spark Hire. Everybody does a video interview for me. So they go on and I ask all these questions. I'm videotaped and I'm going, hey there, listen, I got to tell you, Saturday one grabs your service about 15 years ago. And the biggest thing for me is I walk in with a smile every day. I love my employees and I love, I don't even call them employees anymore. I call them my coworkers because they work just as hard as I do. We're all working towards a common goal and your life matters. I want to know why you want to work for A1 Garage Service and what you want to do and what you've heard about us. And then I ask four other questions that way I don't need to. And I could tell within 10 seconds if I even want to interview that person on a phone call or a Zoom call. And these are the little things, these little softwares that I use, these things that I use to auto text message, auto voicemail blast, auto email. And the thing is this, the reason I give out all the information, and here's a little secret Tim, the reason why I'm giving everything I have out there is because I get it 10 back 10 times that book by Grant Cardone in the background. I get it 10 X back. People call me up and they say, Hey, I got something for you because I've learned so much from you. Mm -hmm. So I don't mind putting it all out there because people come visit and they say, Tommy, you thought that was cool. I got something even better for you. So I'm able to give everything and people think I'm nuts. And I have people tour my shop and I have people come in and I show, I'm not going to give them my exact playbook. Another thing that I have here. That's really cool. Tim is these are, my, this is just one little bit. This is one of five, but I got 29 others. Uh, these are, look, look, at this. This is my manual that L Levy helped me build. Look at, take your time. The longer you can take to get to know the customer and actually work on the garage itself, there will be more perceived value. How the cones and coils work. Look at you want to read about the technician manual, like transportation. You've got required meetings. You've got 50 pages. I show you from day one, how the game is played. And then the KPIs are the scoreboard and you get to know exactly who's in the lead and it's complete transparency. And to have this kind of stuff, not a lot of companies have this. And I think, They've got a huge disadvantage.
0: Totally. And I think like people can get started. One one thing that I like, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm just going to throw it out there for fodder here is uh, I do like our people being part of building the, the standard operating procedures. Like that was one thing a coach told me one time. I, I would love to hear your opinion on this, but I, because um, I was owning every single one. I was writing every single one and like, you know, like putting them together And he's like, you got to involve the people. I mean, it was a small company. So to go from five to 15 now, starting to get the people involved in writing those things was big for me. Cause it's not, you know, at that point, it doesn't have to be one person, but how do you feel about that?
1: Well, I think you get your executives together. If you're only the single person, you get you and your wife and then, or you and your husband. But I think what you do is you say, here's what we got started. And then you send it out to everybody and say, how can you make it better? This is a read only, but if you got anything, I've created something that you could add. what i want to know is listen there's only three answers to these questions no and here's why no we can't do that today but we'll revisit it in three months or yes let's get that going but it's there's one thing i ask is that it needs to be a win-win for both of us. Because if I look at your pay and I ever get discouraged and upset, then there's something wrong there. And if you look at your pay and you say, A1 got me again and that Tommy Mello took advantage of me, something's wrong there. So it's gotta be mutually beneficial. So whatever you come up with can't be, I want 50 extra dollars if I get a Yelp and a Facebook post or review. It needs to be mutually beneficial. And you've gotta convince me and everybody else on this team why it helps everybody the same amount when you, when you can have an honest conversation with the, with, with the camera and yeah. say this, you know, Tim, things always haven't been this easy, but what I appreciate the most is we've reinvented ourselves every year. And I could tell you a story about a time when um, my girlfriend at the time broke up with me. She said she didn't want anybody to do with this type of person that works so much, but I knew there were so many people that were relying on me, their kids, At the point we were 50 employees and each person had an average of a significant other and two kids. So if you take that times the four people, it was, it was really 200 that we're counting up. But all I'm trying to say Tim, is see the way I'm telling a story. It's heartfelt. I'm looking at you in the eye. I'm smiling a little bit. If you could learn to portray those messages and have high passion, high energy, the results are staggering. But if you're like, if you're one of them employees that likes smoking and just coming in hung over, this ain't for you. We are gonna work long days, weekends too, if some you know some days. But I want to tell you, you'll get paid good, you know, if you try hard. Yes. But that's 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 crap. Yeah,
0: I think ultimately it comes down to like it, people have this old school mindset, like they're grilling the the interviewee, and I always I kind of treat like each interviewee like I'm pitching to them a little bit. The truth is, is I might not hire them, but I feel like I'm pitching because the best hires that I have at least they had that experience, you know what I mean? The best people that I hired had the experience of me telling them exactly why this was awesome. So then when I go back and give them the offer, they're not out because I basically did what you're saying, which is kind of grilling them and acting almost accusatorially like they aren't gonna be a good fit.
1: You want them to do their homework on you beforehand and you wanna send them all the stuff to do that. So, uh, cause in my first interviews yeah. years 10 years ago, I used to say, it was an hour and I'd talk 59 minutes. And then I'd be like, we didn't really learn much about this person. So I, I try to ask questions that aren't yes or no. There's a good book called Who? It's on my shelf. I got three oh, that's copies. a
0: great one too, yeah. Uh,
1: but but here's, the, here's the secret sauce. Um, people that are amazing do not wait. They require being sold on the job. So if you want 10 out of 10 players, you need to be sold. You need to sell me. And here's the biggest way you could sell me is get back to me the same day. Get me a ride along within the next three days, 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Make me feel like I'm important because if you can't do that for me, then I know your company is a piece of poop. Number one. So, so these guys that take an average of 30 days of onboarding and this and that, and they're unorganized, good luck getting a players. Number two is I played a lot of high school sports. And I got to tell you one thing, the best coaches, they know how to breed a players because of the culture, because of the discipline, because of the time they invest into them. They love, So you could take an, a C player from a coach in high school. You know, Michael Jordan didn't make a sophomore year in basketball high school. You take a C player and you go on this team and you, you go through the right drills, the right training, the right know-how, the right accountability, the right consistency. And all of a sudden, what's so beautiful about that is you could truly become an A player. You could breed A players, but it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of planning. I should say not a lot of work because – I wake up every day and I come in here. And I got to tell you, there's so many flaws I have. The best thing I've understood is I'm the dumbest guy in the room and I have a lot of bad attributes. I'm not organized. I have an amazing assistant for that. I'm not very good with time management. She handles that for me. I'm not good very much at accounting. I've taken all these master's classes in accounting. Not very good. So I got a team for that. I'm not very great at operations. He handles that. Look, understand your weaknesses and hire those weaknesses. Enjoy every day coming into work and focusing on your strengths. And imagine how much more you can get done. And here's another thing, and, and I keep going on and on, but I just feel like gold nugget time. Um, so many people, you make good money, Tim. And you go, you decide you're a real estate investor. You go buy a bar, you buy a Winnebago. You're going to buy, you know, you go out. The, the company that made you that money deserves for the reinvestment. Close your eyes and say no. And here's the hardest part for an entrepreneur. You don't have to say no, but you could say yes, but not right now. That's the key. And the secret is reinvest everything because right now you're putting sweat equity back in the company, the company, you put sweat equity in and it finally is paying you back, put it back in and whilst you multiply times 10. It's delayed gratification is what it is. And if you could do that for a few years, your company, when you're putting that money back in, it's going like this. That's why we go from hundred to 300 do it next year. I'll be over a thousand because I'm putting it back in. And so many people, You got ADD and you're like, I'm a real estate investor now. I'm going to put the money in here. Uh, I got my slush fund in Bitcoin. I got this, I got this, I got this. And all of a sudden you go, my company doesn't have much money. My employees are pissed off because I don't take them out to eat because I don't have any money because my real estate deal didn't work because I got sidetracked with that and I wasn't able to finish it in time. So it stood on the market. I was paying hard money. Bitcoin fell down. Oh my God. Put it back in the things you know.
0: Have you seen uh, or have you read the book Profit First?
1: Oh yeah. Mike McCallowitz. Yeah. I have it. Cool. Uh, he actually was on my podcast, Michael McCallowitz.
0: Yeah. I like the guy and I think it's a really good thing, but I always have like, you know, I always have the, the back and forth with those two. Cause I'm, I'm, we're a small company, 17 people. Right. So, and that's including me and my wife. I got to throw them and the, I got to throw us in there. So, but this idea of like plow back and like, he's such a like separated out guy. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't know what to do with that sometimes. Like I'll, I, cause I'm doing a system and I, I mean, it's not like crazy profitable or anything, but, you know, I separate it out and I don't know, but he, you're saying plow back. And I think you're a very smart guy. So, so like, how do you reconcile those two things? Is this well, the, the deal, deal is,
1: the deal is you're allowed to pay yourself. Look, there's two things here. First yeah. of all, small companies that don't understand your company needs to make profit 50, 10, 15, 20%. And you need to make a six figure out income. they are two different entities, your personal and your yeah, company yeah. there are two different things so yeah, that's easy. the first thing is when you ask small companies how much did you make this year they go 150 g's and yeah. you say well you made 150 how much did the company make
0: yeah
1: yeah exactly 150 g's okay yeah. so your company made zero your company's worth zero there's no arbitrage you're not worth any multiples i don't want to buy anything except for your phone number i don't want to buy anything except for your phone number you're not worth anything i don't care about the blood sweat and tears you put into it i don't care what a broker tells you you can get for it they're full of shit and you don't know anything until you studied what I studied. So I'm not better than you. I'm just more informed at this is you got to make a value for your company or it's not worth anybody to buy it because no one wants to buy. Yeah, They got to recreate you and that's going to oh, take money. Yeah.
0: So I respect so, the share of what you're saying, but how do you reconcile? Profit that?
1: first. Yeah. Profit first is, is the first of all, the accounting. There's a lot of people that are amazing and certified for profit first accounting, but To put 10% away for yourself is just into a retirement fund. So I've always said, yes, take the money and put it away for myself into a good investment. 10%, not 80%. Don't take all the profits. You know, in the Bible, whether you're biblical or whether you believe in Jesus or whatever, Quran or whatever it might be, most of them say put 10% away for your future self. And I've done that since I'm 16. And Mm -hmm. there's well over a million dollars in that account that I've not touched. Mm -hmm. I've never reinvested it, never put it back in the company. So I did put 10% away, but 10% is a very, very good number. Yeah, and it's a small number. Yeah.
0: And you're saying like, don't sit there skimming off 30% all the time. And, and then and you're saying, take that other 20% and put it back in as much as you can, but then make sure that you do take profit. because.
1: But the, but but the mean, deal is the profit yeah. is coming. The profit for me is the personal percent of your income. See, you're paying yeah, yourself, yeah. and your company's making money. You don't take ten percent of the company's profits. You don't need to put it. That, that's way too. I would. I'd say this. I'd say if you want a good slush of fund, take four percent of the company's, especially while you're building, because everything yeah. reinvested into that makes a lot of money. So. Mm-hmm. The problem that Dave Ramsey and Michael McAllowitz and I love Michael kids have is they're going after the masses. They're not going after the great entrepreneurs. They're not mm-hmm. talking to the people that understand levers. You're not talking to the people that understand how to take, listen, do me a favor, take a $1,000. You double it, it's two, then it's eight, then it's 16, 32, 64, Then it becomes uh, about 130, and then it becomes 250. Then it becomes 500. Then it becomes a million. You double $1,000 nine times, you got a million dollars. You got to figure out how to get that first thousand and keep continuing to make decisions to double it. Nine times, you're a millionaire. Keep doubling it again nine more times. That's when it gets really fun because now you're a billionaire. The crazy thing is if you do it right, you're going to make a lot of freaking money. But the difference is, is reinvest in the things you know. Yeah. You don't know what Bitcoin's going to do. You don't know if the real estate market's going to go up. You don't know any of that. What you do know is if you reinvest it into yourself, there's no better thing I could put the money in, but you got to save money for a rainy day because nobody planned on the pandemic. Nobody planned on a lot of things happening. So you put that money away for your future self and you make a deal right now. I don't know how you shake hands with yourself, but you shake hands with yourself and you say, listen, here's what we're going to do. You are not going to even realize that this money exists. It's going to come out of your checks And you're never going to look in that account, except for the quarterly ones you go after with your financial advisor. And you're going to make sure it's in a safe growth fund that will make you an average of seven to 10% a year. Don't get crazy. And if you do that correctly, you're going to be very, very successful in life. And you're going to have a plan B, but that's what I would recommend. I'm not a financial planner. I just know that there's nobody better to bet on than my work ethic what I come in and do, my management skills, my leadership skills, my consistency, accountability, and everything.
0: I think that's a really good point and, and a mixture of, you know, we understand that we want to plow back stuff and take the investment to, or, you know, savings and stuff. So um, yeah, I appreciate, I, I was picking your brain specifically for myself there. So I appreciate No, no this is what um, you do
1: on a podcast. This is why you start yeah. one. Everything I do on the podcast is picking my brain. Exactly. So anyways, I, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. One more piece of advice. Sure. While I'm giving advice. <laughs> um, the best thing you could do when you're a smaller company. And I mean, 50 years smaller is you got a lot of people out there that are trying to pay it forward and give back, mm-hmm. you get yourself out of your hometown and your home state. And you find a role model, the biggest best company and something similar to what you're doing. And you literally, you read everything you could. You, you almost, becoming like a stalker of them you follow the owner you follow the business the cfo you learn everything you can you make a notebook you fill questions up and you simply ask what would it take for me to come out there i don't plan on ever competing against you i'm here to learn you definitely are my role model you're my superhero you're everything i want to become and you go there with just this million questions and you get out of your comfort zone you get away from your family because you're there you're You walk in and you start breathing the same air. You start watching every little thing. You start learning about operations. You start learning about the software they're using. You talk to their marketing department. You look at their training and you understand where you need to become. The biggest thing is you never seen before what you need to become. So I wrote a billion dollars, a billion dollars a year. That's what I wanted to do in revenue. And no, 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 I put a hundred million on because my first number, I put a hundred million. Was it a hundred million or a billion? No, it was a billion. And I said, all we need is, we need, I think 500,000, we need 2,000 texts. So I reverse engineered how many we need to hire. And all of a sudden it became reality here. Everybody will tell you how we're gonna be do this. these numbers. And and I had it on this whiteboard, that, that which is in the other room, and this was two years ago. But people thought it was insane till like I gave them a map of how to get there. The map is simple. Who do we need to become? You know, Tim, uh, Darren Hardy talks about the hundred things that he wanted in a wife. He wrote down everything from her hair color to great mother and sympathetic and caring and and athletic or whatever those things were. And then he realized what he'd have to become to get a woman like that. So he wrote a hundred things down that he'd have to become. And what I challenge you guys to do right now is write down a hundred things that your company must become for you to have great employees, for you to have a lifetime of great experiences with great clients that people want to do business with you. You need to be honest. You need to be caring. You need to be a good communicator write down this list and think about it on a daily basis on how you can create that for yourself and watch what can happen.
0: Absolutely. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> so what uh, People are going to be potentially interested in going and reading your book. If you could throw that out there one more time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The book is called the home service for millionaire. It's 200 pages. Um, I put some really, really good information in here. Al Levy talks about how to build manuals. Alan Rohr charges, charge more prices, service agreements, how you can sell your company as a bonus chapter at the end. Um, I I got the the COO of home advisor in here. I got the CEO of service Titan, a 12 and a half billion dollar company, a good friend of mine, how to pick the right CRM, homeservicemillionaire.com, um, forward slash free. If you want to pay nine bucks and just pay the shipping and handling, um, and then the podcast is Home Service Expert. And um, I'm always trying to give great information out there. So if anybody ever wants to share with me or have a conversation or come visit, um, we do a pretty good job of making that happen.
0: Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you. I'll look up to you. And I think you're, like I said, your podcast is probably the best that I've heard in this space, 100%. So thank you for that. And keep bringing awesome people on there. Wink, wink, me one yeah. day. Yeah.
1: I have to get the hook. Uh, But Yeah.
0: Yeah. Appreciate you though, dude. And thank you for taking the time out of your day. And uh, obviously the, the podcast is put on by hookagency.com hook agency, all over social, anything else you want to throw out here at the end here, you've earned it.
1: Let's just say uh, the last thing I'll say is um, people always ask me if you had five grand, what would you do to make, to start a business in marketing? And if you're looking to make a business, I believe Google is God. if you're not doing LSA, as you don't understand how GMB works, you're not taking advantage of friends and family, starting making videos, starting to get involved with social media, ask, do yard signs, simple things that cost nothing, simple things, friends and family. I'm going to go tune up 150 people's doors and I'm going to say, check me out on these four places, Yelp, Google next door and Facebook. And I'm going to get a video testimonial. These are easy things when you're a one-man show. You've got the advantage to be able to take more time than anybody. You're the owner. You care the most. The owner's out. Whenever I'm in a garage, whenever I answer a phone call, I don't tell anybody, but they go, are you the owner? Because you could genuinely hear your passion that you care. And if you aren't getting asked that question, you better wake up and smell the coffee because you need to know sales, marketing, and numbers to be a good owner. And if you don't, I hate to tell you this, but you're better off as an employee because otherwise, you're an employee that works 24 7 in your business. Your relationships are going to suffer and it's not going to be easy and you're going to be depressed. So, don't mean to burst anybody's bubble, but you go out there and you get it. You get it, you get it, you get it. And that's all I got.
0: Appreciate it very much, man. Thanks for spending the time.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it, Tim.